2: And they're gonna say to her in the last chapter of this book in Ruth 4, 13 through 16, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife and when he had went into her, the Lord gave conception, she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman that his name may be famous in Israel. And he hath been, he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher in thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, which have borne him. And Naomi took the child, laid it in her bosom, and became nurse into it. Then Naomi will see that famine was the excellent working of the Lord of hosts that brought Ruth back. As we think about this, Naomi walking by sight and blaming God and complaining about her troubles in, in the first chapter of this book because she refused to believe that her troubles were the working together for good because she refused to believe that God was excellent in working. That was the first chapter. In the first chapter of this book, we see the blaming and complaining Naomi And as we think about now the last chapter of this book, and we see a totally different Naomi, one who's praising and worshiping God for her troubles because she saw that her troubles worked together for good because of the awesome, excellent working of God. See, in the last chapter of this book, we see the praising and worshiping, worshiping Naomi. And as we think just about the differences between the two Naomis, you know, the, the Naomi of the first chapter, the Naomi of the last chapter. The first chapter, we saw the Naomi was the blaming and complaining, Naomi. In the last chapter, we see she's the praising and the worshiping Naomi. And then we look at our own troubles. We look at our own troubles in our lives, and we hear God asking us today, which chapter is it going to be in your life? Which chapter is it going to be in your life when you're going to change from the blaming and complaining to the praising and worshiping? And we think of the first and last chapters of this book where we see the, this transformation in Naomi from the blaming, complaining, to the praising and worshiping, and we hear God say to her, is it gonna have to be the last chapter in your life? Does it have to be that way To before this transformation comes? Who controls that? Who controls which chapter in our lives the transformations? We do. We do, by our determination to believe that, well, that our troubles are, are part of the all things that are working together for good to them that love God who called according to his person. We do. By our sure determination to believe that our troubles are, Isaiah 28, 29, this this also cometh forth from the Lord of hosts, wonderful in counsel, excellent in working. So, like Ryan prayed, let's determine today. That for our troubles that we that it's not that that, that we've reached the, the final chapter when we're going to be looking at our troubles as blaming and complaining and we're going to look at our troubles as praising and worshiping, and so we 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 look at our, our troublesome health problems in our lives. I have some of those, <laughs> and whatever troublesome problems we have in our lives. And and, and and even though Naomi was in her blaming and complaining state, Boaz heard those words that Ruth came back with Naomi. And Boaz realized that there'd be no Naomi from Bethlehem and Noab, Moab, there'd be no Ruth from Moab and Bethlehem. And so when Boaz heard those words in verse 6 that, that Ruth came back with Naomi, he saw that Naomi was sent by God to Moab to bring back Ruth. Naomi! was from Bethlehem and left Bethlehem and then came back to Bethlehem with Ruth. And, and then we, 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 we restate that statement, just what I said. Naomi was from Bethlehem and Naomi left Bethlehem and came back to Bethlehem with Ruth. And, and now we plug in the meaning of the word Bethlehem, which is house of God, house of bread. House of bread, Bethlehem means house of bread. So then Naomi was from the house of bread and she left the house of bread and then came back to the house of bread with Ruth. And that's exactly what God wants to see in our lives. Here's this chapel. What is this chapel? What are we doing here? We are feasting on the word of God for our souls. And, And this chapel is a house of bread. This chapel is a Bethlehem. And so God wants us to be like Naomi, to be fed in this chapel, this house of bread, with the word of God. Then like Naomi, God wants us to leave our chapel, Bethlehem, and go out and find a lost Ruth and bring her back to our Bethlehem. Right, Dave Hall? <laughs> That's exactly what Dave has done. Just like Naomi, Dave left his, this Bethlehem house of bread and went into his Moab called City Park, Downtown and found Shauna, who's Ruth, <laughs> and brought her back to this Bethlehem house of bread. and And when we look at verse six and think about those words, came back with Naomi. We see those words are telling us Naomi came back with Ruth, and, and that draws us to the compare verse six with with Ruth one twenty one. When 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 Naomi said, "I went out full, the Lord brought me back home again empty." So don't call me Naomi. Call me, uh, the Lord has testified against me and, and the Almighty has afflicted me. See, it verse six is telling us that the reality that Naomi came back with, with, with Ruth, that's reality. Reality was Naomi came back with Ruth. But Ruth 121 tells us Naomi said that she came back with nothing, with empty, emptiness. Should have made Ruth feel real self-esteem there. but Naomi said she left Bethlehem full and returned with nothing. See, verse six tells us Naomi returned with Ruth, who will learn, who who we were, you know what's gonna happen with Ruth? She's gonna become the great-grandmother of King David. Naomi came back with the great-grandmother of Israel's greatest king, King David, and yet Naomi says she came back with nothing, How can there be such a difference? How can there be such a difference between Naomi's view and God's view? Naomi says she comes back with nothing. And God says that Naomi came back with the great-grandmother of Israel's greatest king. And the problem was that Naomi was blinded. She was blinded from seeing that God was working all these things for good. She was blinded from seeing God's excellent working, which shows us when we let our troubles drag us into a state of blaming and complaining, we might as well just give our eyes to the Philistines and say, we're Samson, just go ahead and put them out. because, because we'll be blinded from seeing God at work. And, and so, so 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 far, we've seen how from this report that his foreman gives to, to Boaz, he understands. Ruth came from the country of Moab, the land of darkness, which is the description of the world we live in. We live in a land of darkness. We see how he how understood Naomi brought back Ruth with her and how if Naomi had not gone to, to Moab, there'd be no Ruth back in Bethlehem. There'd be no great-grandmother of the greatest king in Israel back in Bethlehem, which is, which is what we should do in our land of darkness go rescue the lost. This is not a time for SOS, save our ship. This is a time for rescue the perishing. So, there, <clears throat> so how a famine was God's excellent working to send Naomi to Moab to rescue Ruth, which is how we should view our troubles in our lives as God's excellent working how Naomi left Bethlehem, the house of bread, to bring back Ruth to the house of bread, which is what we should do to to not only rescue the lost, but bring them back to feed them the word of God. Now, so as Boaz, he takes all this in from his foreman's foreman's description here of Ruth, and Boaz is realizing that Ruth is not just some refugee that's come from a country of Moab and is looking for a place to settle down as a Moabite, when ruth when 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 boaz he hears the words of verse 6 that ruth has come out of the country of moab ruth he realizes ruth has come to the land of israel as a convert she hasn't come as a refugee she's come as a convert he realizes that as bitter as Naomi was, that, as she, as she may have been very bitter, and she wanted her name to be called Bitterness, okay, but he realized, okay, she made a convert. Naomi made a convert. She made a convert in Ruth. Ruth is a new convert. You know, last week I, I applied to become a, a chaplain, a uh, local hospital, and, 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 and when I told the, 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 the head of chaplaincy there that I would be like cha, Chaplain John Berger, who used to preach here, the, 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 the manager of spiritual care for the hospital looked at me, and she said, I remember John Berger. And he said, he was pretty direct. <laughs> and then she went on to tell me that she has a degree in interfaith theology and, if he, and, and that the divine isn't everywhere, and, that it'd be, and she was uh, pretty opposed to making converts. And so she 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 said, "You have to sign up for a one-year course in in uh, in in, in at, uh, another hospital." In uh, anyway, I have to get reprogrammed. Okay, so why? <laughs> because it's not popular to make converts. Conversion today is seen as something wrong, but Ruth was a convert, and 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 what does the world think today when they hear that someone has become a convert? The usual thought is that is, is a person like you know, uh, uh, something terrible happened to him, but, but then you know, he became a convert like Tony, Bill, Tony Blair became a convert from, from being a Protestant to becoming a Catholic. See? So the idea today behind being a convert is that a person just converts from one religion to another. A, a person who just stops going to one place of worship and then starts going to another place of worship, that's a convert. Or a person who changes their identity. They say, they say well, you know, I, uh, um, I used to be a Catholic, now I'm a Baptist. See? Or, or a person who changes their religious traditions. But what kind of a convert was Ruth? Ruth, we can see that when we look at Ruth 1, 16 and 18, that's Ruth's confession of her conversion. In which she said, and Ruth said, "Entreat me not to leave thee, uh, nor to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go; where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people; thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught by death part thee and me." And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, she left speaking to her. See Ruth. Confession of her conversion—it's a model for what it means for when a person is truly converted to the Lord Jesus Christ. See Ruth's confession of conversion here is is she says, "Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. And where thou diest, I will die. And the Lord do so to me and more also, if aught but death part thee and me." So all this talk about death and dying—those were statements of the strength of her conversion. She was saying that her conversion was so strong that she would rather die than go back to Moab. And a person who has not been converted to Christ, unless they would rather die than deny the Lord Jesus Christ. When a person dies for the Lord Jesus Christ, we say that person is what? A martyr. A martyr, right? A martyr. That's the meaning of the Greek word martus which is translated martyr. When Paul spoke of his unregenerate days, when he consented unto Stephen's death, his murder, in Acts 22, 20, he said, and when the blood of thy martyr, the blood of thy martus, Stephen, was shed, I was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. See, that word martus is used in the New Testament 34 times. But of the 34 times, 29 of those times when the word martus is is used, it's not used in the context or translated as martyr. You know what it's translated as? Witness. Acts 2.32. This Jesus hath God raised up whereof we all are witnesses, we all are martus. See, which means that a true witness of the Lord Jesus Christ is a martus. In other words, he's willing to die for what he believes about the Lord Jesus Christ. As someone has said, if you don't have something to die for, you don't have something to live for. And so just as Ruth would rather die than to deny the Lord God of Israel and turn back to Moab, a true Christian would rather die than to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Ruth's confession of her conversion, she says, whither thou goest, I'll go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Without well, thou diest, I will die, there will I be buried. Those were statements of her new friendship after her conversion. See, by those statements there, Ruth is saying that her old friends in the country of Moab had been replaced by a new friend she found in Naomi. Ruth was saying that her conversion resulted in her leaving her father and mother in Moab, and now Ruth is clinging to her new friend, Naomi. See, when a person is converted to the Lord Jesus Christ, he develops new strong friendships. I remember when I was converted to the Lord Jesus Christ, how Pastor Jim became my new friend. And we would talk for hours on the phone almost every night. Do you remember that, Gene? <laughs> and, and, and then at the I know some and then at the chapel, I started to develop new friendships. And so then in Ruth's confession of conversion, Ruth said, in, in Ruth one sixteen, thy people shall be my people. That's a statement of identity. That's a statement of Ruth's identity. She, she would say, don't call me a Moabite anymore. If you call me a Moabite, okay, that's where I came from. But I'm not. I, she no longer saw the, the the people that she came from. She no longer saw them as her people. She no longer saw people, her, her people, as Moabite people. She saw Naomi's people, the Jewish people, as her people. And when a person becomes a true Christian, he calls himself a Christian. And he knows that it means more than just a check mark on a questionnaire as to what religion you are. See, when a person is converted to Christ, he will tell you that, 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 when, that, that, that I wasn't born a Christian. Nobody's born a Christian. If people become a Christian. And in Ruth's confession, she says, in, in, she says, "Thy God, my God," in Ruth 1:16. In that statement, Ruth was saying that her conversion all centered around who her God was, and that she was clearly stating that Jehovah Jesus was her God. That's what Ken just said. He said, "Everything centers in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what she was saying. Everything centers, when a person becomes a Christian, their whole life becomes centered, not around church. Their whole life becomes centered around a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ becomes their God. They find their center in him. See, conversion for Ruth and for the Christian is just a grand sweep. It's a huge sweep that goes all across all the areas of life. I was talking to a person yesterday and 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 i was ordering something from him on the phone and he was working on saturday so i was talking to him and 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 he he was he was he was he was telling me that he 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 um he uh survived uh, uh acute myeloid leukemia thing my wife died from and uh, he was telling me about it he was 34 years old and had gone through a terrible uh bone marrow trans transplant and um, and all the things that were wrong with them and and so forth. Anyway, uh, so I asked him, I said, did that experience make you at all want to turn to the Lord Jesus Christ? And he says, well, I, he says, uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm Catholic, but I have been thinking about this. And, and, uh, and so I was able to explain to him, let me tell you, because he had Christian friends that were talking to him. He said, let me tell you, when you become a Christian, it's a, you gotta be ready for a grand sweep in your life. It's not an add-on. It's a replacement. And, and, be, and that's what's meant in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. All things become new. Becoming Christian is described as being in Christ. Well, what does that mean to be in Christ? In the book of John, where, where the Lord Jesus Christ describes a Christian as being in Christ See, the best description of what it means to be in Christ is the analogy that he used. And he told us that in John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Without me you can do nothing. See, the Lord Jesus Christ, he makes it very clear. Understanding what it means to be in Christ, he says, think about a branch that's attached to a vine. And that'll answer the question of what it means to be in Christ. Think about what it means for a branch to be in a vine. There's no way that a branch can withstand the extreme stress of the storms and whatever pressure comes out without being attached to the vine. Just as the vine, just as the branch in the vine finds its support to withstand the extreme stress So we we in Christ, we withstand the extreme stress in our lives by being connected to Christ, in Christ. And and, and a branch has only one source of nourishment. And and the branch receives all of its nourishment through the vine. And so just as a vine gives all of its, its nourishment to the branch, the branch receives all of its nourishment from the vine, So so we in Christ, we receive all of our spiritual nourishment from the Lord Jesus Christ, from him. And and as a result of that nourishment, a branch can bear fruit. It's the only way a branch can bear fruit, from that nourishment, because it's attached to the vine. So just as the branch cannot bear fruit without the vine, we in Christ, we can't bear fruit for God unless it comes from Christ through us. And there are there are you know in my garden there are some branches and and especially now this time of the year winter they 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 look they look they look dead you know they don't have any leaves on them there's certainly no fruit and, and I don't know if they're, they're still alive or not these branches so so what I do I have to go out there I have to break some of the twigs off and, and see if there's any moisture any any internal moisture because during the winter times when there's no fruit the branches sustained by the trunk. The branch is sustained by the vine till spring comes. And so just as the branch is sustained by the vine during the fruitless, leafless times of winter, when it just has to endure, so in Christ we are sustained by the Lord Jesus Christ during the dry, fruitless times in our lives till spring comes again. And So in Christ, it means this, like the branch receives everything from the vine. Like Ken was saying, we receive from the Lord Jesus Christ support during the times of extreme stress that we endure. We receive from the Lord Jesus Christ nourishment to stay alive. We receive from the Lord Jesus Christ nourishment to bear fruit. We receive from the Lord Jesus Christ sustenance to endure dry times in our lives. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ expressed being in Christ with words such as John 15 two, every branch in me. And John 15, four, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except that it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me.
1: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God.